From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School and we are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program in Philadelphia, and I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And today, we have a a somewhat uh, global show because I'm here in San Francisco. Dion and Michelle, the dream team, are in Philly, and our guest, Ross McPherson, is in Toronto. So through the power of technology, we are bringing you this, this national radio show from all different parts of the country and Canada. So today we're going to talk about resumes. Here's the thing. They are not going away. Yes, there's been video bios and yes, we have LinkedIn and infographics and all types of things. But the fact is, even though we've been threatened for years and years that the resume is going to go away, guess what? It hasn't. It's still something that's necessary in a job search. And the fact is 427,000 resumes are posted on monster.com every week. So today, we welcome back one of our most popular guests, Ross McPherson. He is the president of CareerQuest, a certified interview and job search coach, and recognized as one of the best resume writers in North America. Ross has spoken extensively to audiences across the U.S., Canada, and Asia, including to our MBA students right here at Wharton. Ross, we're so excited to have you back on Career Talk today. How are you? I'm so excited to be back. (laughs) <laughs> one, of well, my, one of my favorite things in the world is, is doing the show with you. I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am super excited because we have this this whole global thing kind of going on. I guess it's, <laughs> technically you're in Canada. So I, I, I because of that, I, I can say the show has gone international. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for that. But hey, so, so we were talking a lot about resumes and fall being a time of change. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the things that I want to talk about today in terms of resumes, there are tons of tips and we can probably have a whole week just on resumes, but I want to talk today a little bit about for those people who are are looking to make a change in their career, writing a resume can be a really difficult thing because I think historically people look at the resume as a, a piece of paper that shows everything they've done. And if you're looking to move into a new career, then you say, well, you know, how is this resume going to help me? So that's one of the things I want to focus on. And also, Ross, I thought it'd be fun. And I know I didn't warn you about this. Oh, excellent. I I know you love it when I do that, but you're pretty used to it by now. I thought it would be fun to do some on-air live resume reviews. So, hey, if you're tuning in, you've got Ross McPherson, one of the best resume writers in North America. You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we would love to help you with your resume, whether you're making a change or not. If your resume is not getting traction, here is your opportunity on air to get some great advice on your resume. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also tweet at bizradio111. So one of the things we know, Ross, is that you have to manage your career. No one else is going to manage it for you. And, you know, six weeks from now, you might wake up realizing that there might be a layoff coming at work or you're not happy in your job. And what you don't want to do is get to that point and say, now I have to work on my resume. So 
as we're going into fall, what are some of the things that you recommend as people dust off their resume, they make sure their resume has or doesn't have? What are those quick tips to say, here, this is, this is what you need to make sure your resume looks like? Uh, well, first and foremost, just get it up to date. I mean, I actually have clients who will contact me on the same day every single year to just say, can you update it? And they're, they're you know, doing exactly as you said. And the fall is a perfect time to do it. Uh, what you want to do, obviously, first and foremost, is make certain that you're, you know, what, even if you've been in the same job for the last 10 years, keep those accomplishments, keep everything that, you, that you're doing in your current role, and all of those contributions and where your real value has been, make certain you're adding those in there and keeping those up to date. But also, if you're, remember, we've talked about this in the past, Don, is your resume is not just an inventory of what you've been doing. Uh, it really has to be sort of what I call aspirational. It should point you in a direction, and it's really kind of marketing you into whatever that next great opportunity might be. So if you've kind of gone through a reassessment, yes, you want to get your experience up to date, your training up to date, but also think about, well, where do I theoretically want to go next, and how do I put a resume together and make certain my resume is ready that's going to point me in that direction? And you mentioned a career change. Um, you know, that new direction might be a subtle move up, a subtle move across, or it could be a 180-degree turn. But you still need to make certain that resume is pointing you in that direction. So I do want to talk about accomplishments mm-hmm. because this is one of the things that people struggle with, and I yeah. get it. I get it that it's really difficult if you're in a job where you don't have those numbers mm-hmm. to support what you've done because unless you're in sales or in some kind of other financial role or something that's measured – People always say to me, well, how can I put something on there that's concrete? So let's talk a little bit about that. And yeah. hey, if you've struggled with this and you would like our help on rewriting your resume, mm-hmm. we're going to do that live on air, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And if it's Thursday noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are here live and ready to take your calls. So let's talk about this. Yeah. I have a job where it's not quantified. So what, what do I do? How do I create an accomplishment, Ross? There's a couple different types of accomplishments. You, you hit the nail on the head. One of them obviously is that kind of sales role where your results are measured in terms of numbers, dollars, percentages, and things like that. But you're right. There's a ton of jobs that aren't like that. What I usually tell people, and if I'm working with a client, I'll, one of the questions I'll ask is, what is your performance measured against? Take a look at your performance evaluations or your performance reviews. What are they measuring your performance against? That's one thing to look at because that's what the deliverables are. That's what they're wanting to see from you. And if you've exceeded or delivered or or over-delivered on those, you obviously need to address that. A very common one that we work with, for example, is something across HR. Those aren't always that measurable. But, you know, you can sometimes find numbers in there. Like, for example, even with yourself, Don, if yours aren't driven by numbers, well, how many students are you supporting? There's a number Mm -hmm. you can throw in there. Are you supporting three students or 300 students? There's a big difference. So sometimes you can sneak some numbers in there, but also what are you measured against? And another great accomplishment that almost no one thinks of, whenever I speak on this, I'll always ask the room that I'm speaking to, how many of you have ever started a job? And I'll ask your audience this, how many of you have ever started a job? And when you started it, it was a disaster. When you got in, you realized it was a disaster. Well, what did you turn it into? Basically, what you've got is a before and after. So you can say, I started with this. It was under, an underperforming team. You know, service quality was low, um, you know, or you know, manufacturing numbers were down, or manufacturing quality was down. What did you then turn it into? And that can, you can then talk about, you know, I started with this and turn it into that. And simple words like transformed an underperforming operation or transformed this from this into that uh, can be a fantastic accomplishment. And you're not even necessarily putting numbers to it. Wherever you added value, you strengthened the team, you improved motivation, you improved 
uh, you know, client or, or you know, customer or uh, whatever relations, wherever it happens to be, if you can give me an idea of this is what I started with and this is what I turned it into and this is how it's better, or give me the benefit, what was the benefit of the work that you did? Improve this policy. Don't just tell me you wrote this new policy. That's nice. But what did that policy enable? And there's obviously the benefit to the company um, or the division or whomever benefits from your work. So there's all sorts of little ways you can, you can build an accomplishment. Uh, usually starts, though, at what, are you, what do you do and what is your performance measured against and where did you make a difference? So you bring up a couple of really great <clears throat> points because I'll tell you, most people do not look at their performance review after it's signed and sent and it's, exactly. it's like I'm done exactly. and you forget you put a lot of time into that that's a great place to start I also love the before and after a lot of people don't think of their jobs that way because they think well this is just my job so really thinking about well what did it look like when you got started and what did it look like at the end because that's super powerful so we're taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton that's 844-942-7866 hey do you have a resume question or would you like us to help you write your resume on air we are here to do that with Russ McPherson. Chris in Utah, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. So um, I'm right now in the process of hunting kind of a, an ideal job, um, but it's a, it's a sales job, and I've done sales for about 10 years, but for the last four years I've been uh, working in the mining industry, just, you know, totally different field. So um, curious if you have any advice as to, you know, how I present myself, you know, and reflecting back to the cells that I did have now and, and just how to go about, you know, dealing with the fact that I've been out of the industry for four years now. Okay. So just to clarify, so you've been in sales, you spent the last four years doing something different. Now you're looking to get back into sales and you want to bring, highlight that. Oh, this is a great one. Ross, Perfect. Ross, redo Chris's resume. I know you could do this. <laughs> this one, this is meaty. Go for okay, it. Okay. So the first thing I'd recommend you do, Chris, is um, you're gonna pu- I recommend you put something at the top of your resume that, that I call a profile. You can call it a profile or a summary or something like that. But you're going to position yourself in sales up there. And you're going to talk all about sales, what you can do in sales, how you can open new markets, you know, increase revenues, whatever it happens to be. If you've got a track record for success in your previous sales career, talk about that. What you want to make certain is the overlying, overwhelming flavor and tone of your resume is all about sales. Now, the trick is, and you hit the, 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 the real, you know, point that's obviously tripping you up is that little bit of mining experience that you're doing right now or most recently. You've got a couple options there. You can either just not dedicate a ton of space to it on the resume, just kind of make it kind of minimize it and then expand on everything on sales. I would make certain you get at least one of your sales positions on page one of the resume if you can at the bottom. The other option you've got, and it's, it's not a perfect solution, but it's something never, no one ever thinks of, and it can work, and I've seen it work is that you can actually create two experience sections. And there's no rule that says you can't. So you could, for example, put this great summary that positions you and everything you can do in sales. And even if you want to put some of your great results, you could have another section under that that says, you know, performance results or or sample performance or call it what you will. Give me three to five really great sales numbers and results that you had. And then under that, put sales experience and only list your sales experience or call it relevant experience and only list your sales experience and go into detail and give me some great results. Then on page two or further into your resume, you have other experience and you can put whatever else doesn't fit into sales. So yes, it's not in perfect reverse chronology, but it actually can work. And it's all we're trying to do with the resume is get them to see what you want them to see first and foremost. Remembering that your resume only gets a few seconds, gets like seven to 10 seconds maybe. So you want them to see your sales experience first. 
So make certain you make that front and center and hit them with everything you've got in the sales side. So Chris, what I like about what Ross is saying is that the the basic thing is a resume is a marketing document. And while we would never recommend that somebody exaggerate or or lie or because you do have to go show up in the interview and answer questions on it. So if you if you lie in the resume, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure down the road. But Here's the thing. It's a marketing document and you need to write it in a way that your audience is going to best understand it, which means you do have a lot of flexibility. And that resume is not going to get you the job. The resume gets you the interview and that's the purpose of it. And then you build on it from there. So I love the idea of a summary. The other thing that you brought up, Chris, that I I think is an important point is that a lot of people, when they write their resume, they write it as if they are who they are in this current job in this current company. This is my title. This is what I do. And the fact is, you have a long history of experience. You've done a lot of different things. And all of those things have combined. And I would even venture to say the mining experience you've had in the last four years to make you better at what you do. So don't discount that at all. And um, we're going to wish you all the best, Chris. I'm excited for you. I think the advice Ross gave you is spot on, and I have no doubts that you're going to be getting lots of interviews coming up soon. So, Chris, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. We are here at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, and we are here all hour to revise your resume. So if you've always had a question on your resume, we are going to answer those questions live on air. And we're going to go to Jason in Virginia. Jason, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hello there. I hope you guys are doing great. Hello uh, there. Doing great, Jason. Hey, I recently got some feedback on a resume. I had a couple quotes from my performance reviews up uh, below my summary section, and somebody told me, hey, you, know, you really shouldn't put those on there because it's your second-guessing HR professional. Let them decide and size you up, so go ahead and take those off. So I, I was surprised by that. Ooh, interesting. I wow. like this question. Jason, what do you do? What, mm-hmm. what industry are you in? Uh, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the military. Okay. Transition military. Well, thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. And this is interesting to you because you're making obviously a, a, a pretty big change and your resume needs to be reflective of the where you're going. So this is, um, Ross, I'd really love to hear your opinion on this. I have an opinion as well, but again, we're going back to this idea that it's a marketing document. Yeah. I'm curious, Jason, can you give us an example of like what one of these quotes said? Um. It's something like, you know, uh, solid gold, solid gold officer, uh, you know, something like that. One of my one of my best one of my best uh, international affairs specialists, something something along those lines. Right. Got it. OK, <clears throat> so you well, go, Ross. <laughs> well, here's uh, the first thing. First off, I'll just jump right in and, and, and throw myself in there. I personally, Jason, think it's a fantastic idea. And I've added quotes or testimonials or what I call a soundbite into a client's resume. I've done it before. Um, here's where it can get, where, where I'd sort of caution you, uh, caution anybody. Um, it sounds like you were giving just sort of a small little soundbite, a small little quote, which is what I'd recommend. What I've seen some people do is include, they have, say, for example, a, a letter of reference or a paragraph from a performance review, and they list the entire paragraph. No one wants to read that. But if you can get me a little soundbite, just as you had said, you know, one of my best in international affairs or something along those lines, those can be very powerful. The other thing you don't want to do, though, is list like nine of them. Um, I, I usually will add like one or two at the absolute most. I think the most I ever added in a resume ever, and I may have done this only once, was I had a client that had a fantastic quote and performance review sort of soundbite for almost every role she had. So three or four roles, I put one of them under each role. So when she was doing this job, I had a little soundbite. When she did this job, I had a little soundbite. 
even that might be pushing the envelope. But having one, maybe even two, I don't see a problem with at all. One of the things you've got to remember, and I think you know, Don, you'll confirm this, is there are a lot of people out there that have very firm ideas of what a resume should and shouldn't be. Ultimately, I'm from the school of thought that says, if you're telling the 100% truth and you're doing a good job of marketing your value and what makes you distinguishable and, and stand out from your competition, if it opens the right door for you, I'm all for it. I, I don't see a problem with it. I've done that before. This is, as Don said, a promotional document. This is designed to market your value. And if you've got a little quote that markets your value or, or says, this is the kind of value Jason adds, I'm 100% behind you. And, and Jason, I think a lot of people do that when they work with clients as well. They'll have kind of that little client testimonial. Um, I think a lot of people are using now LinkedIn to get those recommendations. And I think if you can get that, that's going to be an even better place to put a longer type of recommendation. Yeah. But I agree with Ross. I think I think some of those can be very powerful. And just to add one thing, obviously you want to pick those that are going to be most applicable to the direction you're going. So the international one, if you're not going for an international job that may be less relevant than a different yeah. type. But I love that idea. On a resume, regardless of whether it's a testimony or something from your performance review, what I will tell people is that it's always stronger. And this goes back, Ross, to what we we're talking about with accomplishments. If somebody else recognizes you for it. So if you've gotten an award, if you've been selected, if you've been recruited, if you've been promoted, if you've um, been recognized for something by somebody else, that adds a level of credibility to anything you say because it's somebody else who is is doing that recognizing. So I think that can only be a positive thing. I agree with everything Ross said. Be be picky and choosy about what you put on there. But um, I I think that's fantastic. What types of jobs are you looking for, Jason? Well, oh boy. Now there's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a, that's a topic for another show. Or... <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is because I have some tech. You know, I have some technical skills because you know I'm a pilot. But on the other side, I've done uh, things that would be akin to. Uh, program management, uh, even kind of being a representative to business development kind of folks. Um, so I, I got in that international uh, part, you know, where I, where I worked at an embassy. So I got a, a, a wide variety of things to, to look at, and I'm trying to make those deliberative decisions right now. Yep. So, and and that's going to be a key part of writing your resume. It's interesting, uh, Jason and Ross. I, I bet you get a lot of this too. When somebody yeah. comes and says, "I need you to help me with my resume," and you ask the question, "Well, what are you looking to do?" and they don't have an answer, yeah. that makes it very difficult to write the resume because you have to write for your audience. So um, that's going to be a big part, Jason, of what what your next step is. And then I, I think you can go back and revise that resume to your audience, and it's going to be golden. Your experience and, and Don, sounds phenomenal. Can I add one point on to that, for Jason? If, even if you narrow, there's nothing wrong, Jason, if you narrow it down to even two or three options of what you could do next. But what I would recommend is if you try to hit two or three different audiences, just as Don said, with one resume, instead of looking skilled and quali- you know, qualified in all three areas, you're going to look underqualified in all three areas. That's just the way it works out on a resume. So you might need, you'd be a really good candidate of three slightly different focused resumes. Um, or two slightly different versions. And I do that for clients because Don's right. I get it all the time. And there's nothing wrong with saying I could take my career in one of two directions. But just have a really focused resume for, you know, whether it's you know, project management and another one that's really focused on business development. And that way, you, at least you, when you are sending it in for a role like that, you're sending your best resume, your most focused, targeted document to them. That's my only other recommendation. 
Jason, we're very excited for you. Good luck on your transition. And hey, if you're still you're still figuring things out in the next few weeks, give us a call on Career Talk and we'll we'll help walk you through that. But as for now, it sounds like you're you're well on your way to a great resume and we wish you all the best. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. I'm Dr. Don Graham and I'm here with resume writer extraordinaire Ross McPherson, who I like the is <laughs> that's that's my new brand for you. I actually have a, a lot of names for you. Most of them are good, though. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I asked you to weave in the word legend one time, and you didn't, oh, you didn't even hesitate. I loved that's, it. That's right. Legend. Yes, I'm writing that down, so yeah, I, I will make sure I, I get that in on the second part of the show. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so you, you kind of were going down the path. Ross of a um, kind of mixed format resume and and some people call it functional and I want to talk about that but Mm. I just want to remind listeners hey you've got us for the hour you've got a question on your resume you're trying to make a career change you don't know how to do it on the resume or you just want us to help you write some accomplishment statements guess what we are here all hour to help you do that and we would love to 844-WHARTON that's 844-942-7866 or you can shoot us a message on on Twitter at BizRadio111. So I'm going to say, so for those of you who don't know, there's there's two key types of resumes. One's the the traditional resume that's reverse chronological order where you put your, your current job and then your previous job and you go back from there. The other is this functional format where you, you kind of compile your work from all of your different jobs into functions. Like here's all my leadership and management experience and here's all of my finance and accounting experience and and so forth. Uh, what is your opinion? And of course you could do a hybrid as well, but what is your opinion on the, the functional, Ross? The functional? Um, it, it, for the years, it was years and years and years. It was considered if you're making a career change, create a functional resume. That will help sort of hide where, you know, your previous job titles and you can highlight your relevant functional areas there's one major problem with them, is employers and recruiters hate them. Hate them. Can you confirm hate that? Hate them. Hate I can them. confirm that. I hate them hate because them. the first thing I think, what is the first thing I think? I think this person's trying to hide something. Exactly. So, so <laughs> if it ends up in the recycle bin right away, it's not a viable option anymore. So the reality is you still need that reverse chronology in there that, because that's what the market wants. Um, but can you, just as you had said, create a hybrid you, can create, you can't create an entirely functional resume. You're just not going to get the traction you want because your audience hates them. But if you want to add a little functional area and you know, some little section up at the top that sort of breaks it into the top three or four functional areas and some little qualifying blurb after each one. So if it's project management, something you want to pull out of your career, some little you know, qualifying blurb about your project management skills. The next one is you know, um, service excellence or something along those lines or some technical skill. That's okay. Add a little section in there. It should be a small section in your resume, and you can make it right up front. But the entire resume functional? No. That's gonna, I almost guarantee, and I think Don will confirm it, will almost guarantee that's going to end up in the recycling bin real fast. Yep. And it, it was a strategy years ago, and when it was new, it kind of mm-hmm. worked. Now, I'm, yeah, I'm very over it. So find another way. And the great thing is there are a lot of other ways. So Clarissa in Massachusetts, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, how are you today? Thank you for Hi, taking my call. Yeah. Great. Have... So I have, I have a question. So I'm seven years into my professional career, and I'm just finishing my bachelor's degree this December. Um, Congrats. I, I got, yes, thank you. I finished my, I actually got my degree in three years from 2008 to 2011. However, right before I graduated, I had a 
huge family incident where I became a caretaker for my mother, and I simply was not able to afford those last few classes and all the, the things that added up financially. Right. So on my resume, how do you suggest I, I in the future, put this down and explain or, or chit-chat about, you know, and still remain professional. I mean, my, I, I, I'm very successful. I'm very happy with my professional career thus far. But the fact is that I'm kind of just finishing this degree. So what would you do? Okay, so you're just finishing the degree, but you've been working while you've been going to school, Clarissa? Yes, and, and I've, been, I've had a great career. I'm in the biopharmaceutical industry. Okay, and, okay, and you're right now not looking to make a change, but you're just talking about how do I, for future reference as I'm, I'm doing my resume, yeah. how do we make this look? Perfect question, and a lot of people I know have this, this type of question. Go for it, Ross. Uh, here's my opinion. I, I, I personally think if you sell your, I mean, if you're going to put your education sort of where it typically goes, and I'm not saying this is the only place you can put it, if it's going to typically go sort of at the end of your resume, if you really sell and, again, market your value up front and your last seven years of fantastic work experience, um, then by the, you only really need to put the graduating date down. And I don't see a problem with it. I mean, there's other little tricks you can play. If you tried to explain that it was from 2000 this year to 2000 that year, then there was a break and then I went back. And then quite honestly, I think you're unnecessarily confusing things. I, I don't, at that point, you've got the degree, you've got seven years of solid experience. Just sell that. Go, go and Ross, I, I have a question. I mean, do, does Clarissa even have to put a date? Can she just put, I've got my bachelor's degree in, in yeah. this from that? Because then it doesn't even really beg the question. People don't know how long or when or what. They're just, I that's mean. That's so on, true. That's a great interview it's a great, it's a, that's too, an because, absolutely, yes. Yeah, that's an absolutely, that's the other viable option I was going to mention. The only, the only thing is recognize that when, when anybody sees there's no date on, on an education, they will ask. They typically will. They will, they, re- they will assume that there's a reason why you didn't put the date down or at least be prepared for the possibility that if you get a phone call, like a phone interview or get a formal interview, um, they may say, I didn't, you know, when did you get your degree? And at least have then the good answer for them. Yeah, so, and, and they're going to want to know that exactly, Ross, Clarissa, because they want to do, they want to check. They want to have a, um, they want to verify that you got your degree and that's it. But, but I mean, we're, we're telling people now, especially if you have 20, 30 years experience, mm-hmm. because we know age discrimination exists, you know, you don't have to put your, your, your date on there, but at some point they are going to want to verify it. But here's the thing, Clarissa, most companies value actually probably all companies value experience over education any day of the week. You got to check the box that maybe you have the bachelor's degree, which you do. And then, you know, box checked, talk about your experience. I, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I think it's, it's awesome that you've, you're finishing, you're going to have that box ticked and your experience is going to speak for itself. No doubt. No doubt. So, so is that helpful, Clarissa? I, I've done that so far in my resume, and it's been working, and I've been totally honest, but um, I appreciate you sort of reconfirming that, you know, you can talk, if, if the employer wants to talk about it, actually, my employer just recently assisted me in just checking that box. Like, I just told, like, my experience spoke for me, and he actually ended up helping me pay, pay off a little bit of those things that could help me check the box. And I could, you know, for me, I was very, it was nerve wracking to, to even talk about it in the interview. But he's like, so how much do you owe? Oh, you know, but let's, let's, I'll help you. It's fine. Like, yeah. I want you to work for me. And, and that's, that was incredible. So I think you're totally right. Like selling your experience and, and keeping with your passion and your career the best you can is, is 
is on point. So I'm glad to hear you say that. And I love your program, by the way. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Clarissa. And thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. I wish you all the best. I have no doubt you're going to have the the world at your feet in your future. So congratulations on finishing up that degree. Hey, we are taking your calls all hour at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Andrew in Texas. Andrew, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a quick question. Um, it's around formatting. So in this day and age, you know, of millennials, it seems that re- resumes are getting more graphical in nature, where maybe you have like a visible timeline. And nowadays, everybody's a, a graphic artist, if you will. Can you talk a little bit about do's and don'ts around formatting, maybe not trying to get too fancy with it or kind of go the traditional route? What field are you in, Andrew? Uh, I am actually in the field of technology. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. So this is a great question, Andrew, because I, I think we've been hearing for years and years how resumes are going away and how everything's changing, and there are a lot of new things out there. Um but I'm going to let Ross answer that because I could probably make what you're asking is a quick question, a very long answer. <laughs> um, well, here, I'll give you my take on the graphical resume because it's something I see all the time um, when people send me a resume to, to take a look at or people always come up when I'm speaking on it. Here's my take on it. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, inherently wrong with it. Uh, not everyone loves them, though, to be honest with you. They are really cool. There's no two ways about it. And they, they say that they sort of tell your story in, in a neat graphical way. But I will say this, I think for the most part, most companies are not really set up to use them yet. And I don't think you're going to get the kind of traction you could from a more, I hate to use the word traditional, but we know what we're talking about, a more traditionally formatted. Because you've got to remember as well, whenever you send your resume off somewhere, it's going to end up in someone's database somewhere. They're going to try to plunk it right into a database. And those graphical resumes just don't go in as easily. So they are great. If you are able to send them to someone, there's nothing wrong with it. You can send it as even an add-on that gives a different perspective. But in terms of which one, which format are you going to get most traction from, I think the market still wants to see a resume that they can sit down and kind of scan and read um, and see the value and see the achievements and, and the sort of things they're typically looking for. Not to you know downgrade or, or necessarily the, the graphical ones. I just don't think they're quite there yet. And I don't know whether they're going to stick in the long term. Yeah, and I I agree with that. And I would say there's a lot of what I call additional things you can do, whether that's creating a personal website for certain being on LinkedIn and using all of the aspects of that. And, you know, if you have a graphical version or if and the reason I asked you, Andrew, what industry you're in is because I think that can make a difference as well. If you're in a very creative field, you're going to have a little bit more latitude to do something perhaps a little bit more creative. If you're in more of a traditional field like a finance or banking, you're going to have a lot less latitude to do no. something creative. Yeah. So so that would definitely play a part to it. But it's a great question, Andrew. Ross and I are always watching this because it's so interesting to see what kind of the next big thing is that really never becomes a big thing. But yeah. um, it's, it's a fantastic question. We really appreciate yeah. you calling Career Talk. Thank you for being a listener, Andrew. And hey, we are taking your calls all hour long, and we are happy to redo your resume on air. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Ross McPherson. And Ross, Michelle is calling you the resume king. So here's here's a, oh, here's a, a new title a for new you. Title. But... Uh, write that one down too, please. <laughs> 
<laughs> resume king legend extraordinaire. Yeah. So, but we're going to go to the most fun part of the show, which is the pre-break quiz. Oh, excellent. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. So, you've heard the saying that looking for a job is a full-time job in and of itself. That must be true since recent research has found that 30% of job seekers search for new opportunities while at their current job, 38% search during their commute, and 41% search while here. You think you know? So looking for a job is a full-time job, which must be true since 30% of job seekers search for a new opportunity while at their current job, 38% during their commute. I can only hope they're on a train or a bus. And 41% search while here. If you think you know, give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. If you are on hold, we will get to your calls as soon as we come back from the break. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. The, the music selection we have going on. Dion, you rock. Hey, you're, you're just tuning in. You are listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with the legend, the myth, the resume king extraordinaire, Ross McPherson, calling in from Toronto. So I, I think I hit all your titles you there, Ross. All. You hit them all. Thank you very much. I hope they were all capitalized, too. <laughs> yeah, all, and bold. And so, bold. <laughs> hey, we are talking about resumes today, and we are talking about actually how to change if you're looking to make a change. How do you take your past experience and make it fit with where you're going? But we're doing live resume reviews right here on the air. 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. But of course, we had to do our pre-break quiz. And now we're going to answer that. So you've heard the saying that looking for a job is a full-time job. That must be true since recent research found that 30% of job seekers search for new opportunities while at their current job. 38% search during their commute and 41% search while here. And we're going to go to Keisha in California. Keisha, what's your answer? My answer is they search in the bathroom. So I, I have to laugh because that was Deanna Michelle's answer too. And I, it makes me wonder what, you know, now I know why there's such long lines in the ladies' room because that's what people are searching people for. Are new, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, maybe that's it. Ross, maybe that's a great place to get clientele and, you know, on the way out. But uh, that is not the answer. But because mm. that is such a popular answer, Keisha, I did find 18% of people search from the restroom. So thank goodness it's not more than that. <laughs> but thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. This is always so much fun. We really appreciate it. Hey, we're here at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So, so Deanna, Michelle, I, I know that you uh, shared Keisha's answer. So, Ross, Ross, you are, you are saving uh, hope here. What's oh the answer? Oh, my goodness. I'm on I the spot. You um, are. I, I'm going to have to, I, I hate to admit this, but the first thought that occurred to me was also the bathroom, but I'm not going to go with that one. Um, <laughs> what are people doing say, in the bathroom? I'm, I'm not, well, that's another show. I'm going <laughs> to simply say at home. And that's so, all I'm going to keep it as broad, broad and plain as possible. So at home is, is not the answer, but not it's in answer. bed. So in it's bed. technically at okay. home. In bed. In bed. This is where they're sending resume. I guess that's better than the bathroom. It but, is better than the bathroom, but, but not well, by much. Not by <laughs> an awful lot. <laughs> they are searching while in bed. So, wow. yep. Anyway, we are gonna. We have we have the phone lines lighting up. So we are gonna go back to take some calls. We are doing resumes live on air. Janine in New York. Welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. Um. My question is, I've been unemployed for um, a little over a year now, so it's it's been um, a little tough, but my question is, in my resume, um, what do I do about, let's say, like um, freelance jobs or jobs that I've taken just to, like, um, keep money in my pocket? Um, versus or while I'm waiting for that job, my dream job. So, like, I don't want to have, like, this big gap in my resume, but 
the jobs that I've done is not related to what I'm, you know, looking for. Mm-hmm. So okay. you, you've you've been doing kind of contract work and maybe part time projects and things like that over the last year while you're looking for your your dream job. What is that dream job, Janine? Um, in financial services, um, I actually <laughs> I don't have the exact position of what um, for my dream job. So I'm kind of open, um, but it's definitely something in financial services. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, and Janine, I think this is a question that a lot of people have, whether you've been laid off, whether you've chosen to leave a job or whether you're, you're you know, newly out of school and you're having a challenge finding mm-hmm. a job. This is not an unusual circumstance. And I would say, number one, it's great that you have been active and, yeah. and taking part-time jobs or doing contracting and being out there. And that, that in and of itself is a huge positive. But yeah, now the question becomes, how do you put that on your marketing document in a way that's coherent and speaks to your audience? And our resume king is going to tell you how. Okay, <laughs> you've got you've got a few options uh, actually, and um, I cannot I can't emphasize enough. Don is exactly right. It is incredibly common, um, so it's not really uncommon at all, and it's not not really a, a huge barrier. You said that I mean obviously you've got a couple options if you've been doing other things. If you can justify the time with something like you went mm-hmm. back to school or took courses or did some contract work that was related to it, you can go into some detail about that. However, in your case, if I'm correct, the, the work that you've been doing, the part-time or contract work you were doing, was not necessarily related. So what I would recommend you do is I wouldn't treat the, that work and give it the same sort of weight as your previous finance career or your previous career. So mm-hmm. whatever, whatever your last job was that year ago, I think you had said, um, I would obviously put that under your experience section. That's the first job you're going to add some weight to. In other words, you're going to go into some detail, have some bullets, have some accomplishments and so forth. But above that, What you could put, and I've done this before with clients, because some people take breaks for any number of reasons. And, you know, some do it for, you know, elder care. Some people have just taken holidays. Some people have just decided not to work for a year and take a year off. Um, But what I'll do is I'll put in, and I'll usually center it. I'll reduce the font size just a little bit. Maybe italicize it. And I'll put in some little blurb that just says, you know, completed um, a variety of, you know, contract and part-time assignments um, in this area and this area. And that's it. And I'll simp- so it's simply a little blurb that you put above your last relevant role that simply says, look, I haven't been sitting around eating chocolates the whole time. I've been actually doing something. I've, but you're not going into exhaustive detail because you don't want to give that experience the same weight as your finance experience. So I would say you're going to start your resume with a really strong profile that really goes into everything that you can add to that type of finance role that you're talking about. And then under experience, a little explanation, some little blurb that justifies the time and says, I've been busy doing something. And then jump into much more detail on on your previous career. So that way you're justifying the time, you're justifying the gap, um, and you're actually saying, I've been busy working. But you're not wasting um, valuable space on the resume with work experience that isn't related and it doesn't confuse the resume at all. Because the first big role they're going to see, their eyes are going to be drawn to that first last role about a year ago. That's probably mm-hmm. the best way you can handle that. And I, I really agree with that. Is that that six seconds that mm-hmm. we talked about 
is going to be really focused on the top of the resume. They've actually done heat studies on yep. this where they show where where recruiters or hiring managers' eyes go on the resume. And it's very much that top part. So we want to see, like, what what is the first thing you say? And that's got to be powerful. Mm-hmm. Then they look at the companies where you've worked and, and maybe your titles and things like that. So and they might flip it over to say, okay, this job requires a, a bachelor's. Do you have the bachelor's? And and that's it. That's That goes into the yes or no pile right there. So, so really focusing on that profile is going to help you a lot, Janine. And like I said, this is a, this is a pretty common experience. People are used to it. And what employers want is honesty. Like Ross said, you're not sitting around eating, eating chocolates, but that you're out there gaining experience. And I would venture to say that I don't know what you did in the last year, but everything you do mm-hmm. brings some kind of skill set to the table. So so looking back at those experiences and saying, you know, was there something about this that's going to be attractive to my next employer? My, my guess is that there probably is. Janine, we wish you all the best. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And- are going to go to Greg in New York. Greg, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, here's my situation. I'm a 56-year-old uh, financial accountant, uh, hands-on controller type. I've been looking about 14 months for full-time work, and in the interim, I've been doing contract work. Mm-hmm. Had uh, two interviews out of about 125 submissions during this period. But typically, I've been getting my work these past few years through uh, recruiter agencies. Um, and here kind of like are my questions. I have a resume that's um, a little bit of a hybrid. I do a summary followed by traditional. Mm-hmm. I uh, list my MBA. Uh, I went back to school, and in 2014 and 15, I got my MBA. I list that first because I want to dissuade people from thinking that I'm going to be retiring anytime soon. Yeah. And the third thing is I did a contract job uh, this past year, 15 through 16, my prior job in 2014, which I list second, I still go back and consult with them on maybe one or two days a month, and I'm just not sure about whether that's the order in which I list them. So, Greg, let me ask you a question. I just want to clarify something you said. You say you had 125 resume submissions and two interviews? Yes. Um, you know, I am concerned about ageism. I know it's only supposed to be a few extra months when you're in the age bracket, Um I think that one of the things that does hurt me is that uh, in 2013, uh, my, when my company closed, since then I've been working contract jobs mainly. Um, so I've had like three jobs in the past three years. But um, I get okay. great reviews Here- and I have great references from the people who I've worked for. I just can't get to the point of uh, getting them to be called. I'm so happy you called because like I obviously I'm not looking at your resume but I'm I'm imagining it and I'm I'm putting on my recruiter hat and I'm sorry Ross I'm just too excited right to ahead. talk to Greg so Go right ahead. <laughs> And here's a couple of things I just want to make sure that that your resume has and doesn't have um so first off I I totally agree with you ageism is an issue it sucks it and it's just real so from a resume standpoint if you're going back more than 15, 20 years, you got to take all that stuff off because one, it's it's not relevant probably anymore. And two, you're just giving somebody more um, ammunition if they already have that bias. Second, we talked about this earlier in the show that you don't need to put your your degree dates on. Now, it sounds like you went back and got your MBA more recently. So, you know, you may, you may choose to put that date on. But again, um, 
don't give them the information that might have them kind of put you aside from the get-go because they're making assumptions. If you're on LinkedIn and you, you should be, again, look at the dates. Look at how far back you go. Look at what information you're disclosing on LinkedIn because, again, it's not being deceptive. It's just not giving them an opportunity to – no TMI. I mean, there's certainly things yeah. about all of us that we just wouldn't put on a resume. And so in this case, I think that's a big thing. The other thing I would say – is not being apologetic for those those three jobs you've had in the last uh, two years mm-hmm. or three years, whatever it was. But you need to communicate to me as a recruiter that these were contract jobs. Because mm-hmm. if I see that these were contract and it looks intentional to me that you were, you know, hey, you were doing contract jobs and that's kind of what your choice was for your career and these were meant to be six-month, eight-month projects, I'm going to be a lot more forgiving of that than if I think – you know, you actually had three full-time jobs, which were supposed to be long-term in the last three years, because then I'm going to start scratching my head. So, okay, I had to get up that my, off my chest, Ross. Go ahead. <laughs> do you feel better? <laughs> I do. I Excellent. do. Thank you. Oh, no, Therapy and, for, for Dawn. <laughs> and, and, and I totally agree with everything you said. The other option you've got um, is in how you present the last few years, because I think Dawn's absolutely right. If it comes across on the resume that it looks like you're kind of job hopping during those, those, those three assignments or those last couple of years, um, that can work against you. And because that's the most recent experience, that can kind of you know, hurt chances right out of the gate. One other option you've got in terms of how you list that, if you list each one as a separate job, you're, you're sort of, and I heard, I, I referenced this earlier in terms of how you weight the resume in each job, what you can do, and I've done this before for clients who have done a fair amount of consulting or contract work, is Create a sort of a job heading or like the way you, you know, format your other jobs and create it and call it contract work or consulting or however you want to phrase it, whatever is most accurate. And then just sort of put, you know, three bullet points and give me a brief little intro into what you did in each of those contract roles. And then it looks and then you can call it 2013 to present and say that you were doing contract work, um, you know, in finance and accounting controllership that was included this, 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 this and this. You know, contracts include, and then you can say, uh, you know, a $10 million manufacturer, and then give me what you did with them. And then it was a, you know, um, a startup uh, food and beverage company, and then tell me what you did with them. And you're, you're just treating it almost, you're formatting it like this was a contract, this was contract work I did. And you're formatting it the same way you do your other roles. That way you're not weighting each smaller contract the same way. So you're kind of including them all under one heading of contract work. I've done that with clients who have done an awful lot of that, and it actually allows you to put a longer date range in. You're not misrepresenting anything, but instead of looking six months here and six months there, you can say contract work for the last three years, and it just weights it a little bit differently. It's a subtle little difference in how you approach the and how you present those, those different contracts. Yep, I totally agree. And and we haven't said this once on the show, but I could probably say it with every single comment that we make. I mean, resume so critical, but should be coming second. Networking has to be your entree in. And if your resume is your entree in, here's the challenge. And I know because I was a recruiter. You're dealing with a recruiter who is making a decision on whether or not they want to pass this on to the hiring manager. And unfortunately, um, they don't always, and I'll, I'll speak for myself, you don't always know what exactly like that might stand out for that hiring manager. So yeah. you tend to err on the side of saying no more than yes, because, hey, as a recruiter, I don't want to look silly with, with my client. So it's, it's 
it sucks, but that's why I think networking is so powerful. Greg, we wish you all the best. Good luck with the, the job search and give us a call back and let us know how it goes. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Ross McPherson, the resume king. 844 <laughs> Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. Mia in California, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hi. Um, I had a pretty healthy career in entertainment, and then I had breast cancer, and I took some years off. I was fortunate enough to, to be able to do that, and I started working as a real estate agent, and now I'm wanting to re-enter the corporate world. And I've been interviewing over those years with several Fortune 500 companies and never got the gig. So I don't know how to frame it on my resume <laughs> that I've been out of corporate jobs for five years. So, okay, this is me a great question um, in terms of a lot of people. It actually is kind of a career change thing, whether you've been out of work and due to an illness or caring for somebody or you know, you've just decided to do something different for a few years. This is where I'm going to go back to everybody is a compilation of all the things they've done and what you choose to put on your resume, especially what you choose to put on top, is your choice, which is an awesome thing. Ross, what would you have to share with Mia? Well, um, Mia, so are you looking to, when you say back into co- uh, the corporate world, do, do you have an idea of what that, that type of role would be? Well, in sales and marketing, so okay. that was my wheelhouse. But um, I kind of, I've been networking a lot, Dr. Don, and um, I, I know people, but I've been kind of dipping my toe back in entertainment, and I don't really <laughs> think that's where I want to go. Okay. Um, but I'd like to do something in the digital space and use the real estate experience I've gotten in the past couple years to launch into that sector. Okay. So there's a couple of things, and I, I sort of hinted at one of these earlier in the show, is you've got to sort of pull out, if your, your career in entertainment was in sales and marketing, that was what you were specializing in? Yes. Okay. So what you could do, what you, again, you need to, if you're looking to get back into the sales and marketing world, whether it's in entertainment or not, your resume needs to be, needs to be just screaming sales and marketing at them. So you're, you're, Put a profile, and Don and I are, are, you know, huge proponents of putting some sort of a really substantial profile, something really dynamic at the top of your resume that talks about everything that you can do with sales and marketing. Market yourself as a sales and marketing professional or leader or however you want to do it. Tell me all the things you can do in sales and marketing. Really, you know, you've got X number of years in sales and marketing in, in the entertainment industry, if you want to mention that. And in terms of the previous years, again, you've got a couple options. Um, you want to make certain that the sales and marketing experience ends up on page one somehow. So whether you want to put another little heading underneath, another little section underneath it that highlights some of the sales and marketing expertise you've got, or whether you want to jump into, you know, two, two experience sections if you want to, where it's sales and marketing experience, and then on page two is other experience, and you're still going to pull out the value from your real estate and everything else. Or you could put just again, as I had said in you know, one of the previous calls just recently, some little blurb that says, you know, what you've been doing the last, you know, five plus years in real estate and so forth. And then again, jump right into your sales and marketing. But you've got to think of it as just as Don had said, where are their eyes going? And if you sort of build your resume in such a way that you're downplaying what you don't want to emphasize, the time off or the real estate or whatever it is, and you emphasize what you do want them to see, your sales and your marketing marketing expertise, that's where their eyes are going to naturally go. And if you do a good enough job really promoting your value, they'll see the dates, but they'll still want to talk to you. So I think it's just a matter of either downplaying one or just switching the formatting around so that the sales and marketing 
is what they see first and foremost on page one. That's what you've got to do first and foremost. And Mia, you, um, you, you no doubt, you're obviously a strong person. Congrats on beating breast cancer. Yeah. That is huge. And I have, I have no doubts that, that you're an empowered person who's going to make this happen. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. Hey, we're here every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. And Ross, the hour has gone by so incredibly fast. No, t- I just look at that. That's shocking yeah. and sad. But, but I, you know, we didn't get to a lot of callers, so we're going to have you back Love so that it. we could do more resume reviews on air. This has been incredibly fun. But for now, where can people reach you? If they want to reach me, you can go to my website at uh, www.yourcareerquest.com and you can reach me through there or just email me, Ross, R O S S, at yourcareerquest.com. I'd love to help. And you can also reach out to us on LinkedIn, but be sure to customize that that invite. We love it when you customize. Oh, do. Hey, if you want more great tips, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, or you can go to my website at dawnoncareers.com. Michelle, Dion, you guys rule. Ross, thank you so much, and we look forward to having you next time on Career Talk. We're on SiriusXM Channel 111.